Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, welcome to episode 164 of the podcast for February 1st, 2013. This is Mark Graben. My guest today for this episode is Rochelle Schultz. She is the CEO of Winona Health in Minnesota. Rochelle was part of the CEO panel that I moderated at last year's Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit, and her comments on leading a health system's lean transformation were very well received, so happy to have her on the podcast today. In this discussion, she says, in quote, in, in part, everything I do has to drive lean. So we're going to talk about how her system is using lean in these difficult and challenging times and what the impact has been on quality, uh, patient satisfaction, financial measures, and other things. This episode is produced in partnership with the Healthcare Value Network. For links about the network, about the Transformation Summit in June, you can go to leanblog.org slash 164. Rochelle, thanks so much for being part of the podcast today. Yeah, I'm pleased to be talking with you today, Mark. Well, thanks. I was wondering if you could start off by introducing yourself and a little bit about Winona Health. Sure. Uh, well, my name is Rochelle Schultz, and I'm the CEO at Winona Health. Um, we're located in southeast Minnesota, right on the Mississippi River. Um, you know, Winona Health is an organization that uh, we would define ourselves as a primary care organization. Uh, birth through end of life, uh, we have a hospital, uh, we have uh, ambulatory clinics, um, uh, senior services, which includes our long-term care, assisted living, home care hospice. Uh, we provide uh, surgical and specialty care, uh, of course, emergency department, um, and urgent care services. So we're kind of a full spectrum across the primary care um, continuum. Our community is about a 30,000 uh, population. Uh, we have uh, about 30, 40 miles either side of us. We have our tertiary referral centers, one in Rochester, uh, and then over in La Crosse as well. There's two over there. Uh, and we're one of the kind of fading uh, types of organizations in that we are uh, still today um, an independent um, hospital system or healthcare system in a, in a rural community. So um, it's something we kind of hold on to a lot and it's part of our of who we are and, and, um, and how we can serve our community. Uh, but it is something that seems to be uh, being challenged a lot by our current environment. Uh, so you're independent, but a fairly integrated system, it sounds like. Yeah, we're in a, we are integrated with the services that we have uh, kind of across the continuum. So, you know, part of our system, the, you know, the clinics, the hospital, the senior services and so forth, all the physicians are employed here, for example. So as a community health system, we're really integrated that way. Uh, but we still, as a community system, are independent of, you know, mm -hmm. sort of those large healthcare systems, if you will. Sure. So transitioning, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about you know, the, the current healthcare environment uh, with health reform and, and the pressures that healthcare is under. Um, curious to hear how you're using Lean to help um, improve and uh, your, your operations improve care you're providing, coping with that challenging environment, um, and and you know the other particular opportunities uh, being you know kind of integrated hospital primary care. How does that all work together? You know, we, from my perspective, when we started our lean journey really formally about four years ago, um, and we dabbled in a few things a couple of years before that, but when we really started this work intensely 
you know, four years ago, from my perspective, it was really around um, a key strategy that goes to our long-term survival. And I, I felt as though, um, as we really learned more about this, if we operated using these principles, if we really understood this, we could really weather many of the things coming our direction. And today I still believe that. I actually probably believe that more strongly um, even now as opposed to then. I think that there are so many things coming down to the down the pike that are yet to be defined. Um, and our, you know, our imperative is really around, um, you know, making sure we're very efficient around our systems and processes and, and doing it, you know, actually going forward from a patient perspective as opposed to, you know, the regulatory environment or, um, you know, what, what providers, what are often designed around providers, for example. Um, and it's and it's flipped a lot of that, you know, for us. We really have to look at um, the true continuum and how a patient moves through, you know, a clinic to a hospital stay to going, you know, home and how then they're managed in the home. And, and actually I think, you know, a lot of the dialogue nationally is around that kind of a model. And so I think that's the direction we're working and, and lean is the context, I guess, in which we are defining how that work needs to happen, how those systems or processes need to be redesigned. Um, so I think it lends itself pretty critically to our long-term viability and sustainability as an organization. And do you feel like for a lot of organizations out there, I mean, you, you use the word survival, um, uh, is thing for I mean, is do, do you think it may really come down to that for community hospitals, other parts of the country that um, you know, aren't aren't being as aggressive with process improvement and other methodologies like lean? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I think that there's um, many organizations, smaller institutions like ours, for example, um, you see a lot of like mergers and acquisitions, lots of them coming together thinking bigger is better. And if we do that, somehow we're kind of buffering ourselves from what might be coming down the pike. And I think fundamentally what we're missing as an industry is the need to go back and really do this redesign work. And um, and really understand what the principles are around that and um, and and really tackle what have been very difficult issues and whether they're, you know, internal political issues or, you know, medical staff issues or whatever they are. I think if we stay focused on what we need to do to help patients be well and be healthy and, you know, solve, you know, disease problems and, and things like this, if we really design our, our systems along that, um, I think we can make a lot of progress. But I think there's there's, there still remains a lot of, um, you know, reticence to do that. It's, um, you know, it's the re and I think we see, I, I see that in our organization on any given day. You know, it's a resistance to change. This has worked for us, and, and, I, and at a time it did work for us, but it doesn't work for us anymore. And I think we're needing to embrace the need to make those kinds of changes, which um, really impact everything we do and, and how we think about just about everything we do. Um, but I, but I don't think we've gotten over that hump. I think it's more, you know, a lot of the the advocacy, if you will, that's out there is really more about protecting what we have than mm. changing to what to meet what the future demands are. You know, you bring up a good point about I think the you know you're right. There's a lot of consolidation and merger and acquisition. A lot of times people think bigger is better. I mean, sometimes bigger just leads to bigger. Um, but yeah. if we if we can focus on the better through process improvement, improved care. Um, you know, well, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, so it sounds like you, know, you, you plan on staying independent and going uh, the better is better route, not the, uh, the bigger is better route. 
Exactly. And I, and I think, you know, I, I think that's sort of a fallacy that so many have. And I, I do think that for smaller institutions, there's a sense of um, we don't have the resources and so we can't do this. And so then they join up. You know, I mean, it's just a sort of logical steps. We join up then with, you know, a larger organization, um, you know, then they'll and they'll make the changes or they'll help us or they'll give us the resources. And I, I kind of go back to, you know, ground zero, which is, you know, they don't have those same capabilities to make these changes. Nothing changed other than you became part of a bigger, you know, system, but the problems still remain and you still have to make those changes. And I guess I fundamentally feel that the change, you know, it, it, it's like the principles of, you know, getting, empowering your staff and getting things to the, you know, lowest level of, you know, where the work is done. You know, by trying to delegate it up, it's moving it the wrong direction. And I think we still have to solve our own problems. And I mean, that's sort of the beauty of, you know, I, I think what I like about our independence and, you know, our community health system is, um, you know, our lean work has made everything so transparent. We see the brokenness of the system every day. And, you know, there's, there's thousands of problems to work on. Um, our challenge is to pick the right ones that move us in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, looking at the the context of you know all of the lean improvement work that's been going on, I mean, how how do you as a CEO gauge or measure the impact of that lean work on you know the the long term strength of the organization? Um, I mean, how how do you look at that and evaluate that? I suppose that, you know there's a couple things. One is just our you know our results. You know, when we look at um, and, and at a macro level, you know, it's our quality results, our satisfaction results, our financial results, and, um, you know, those are all in the right direction or we've, you know, achieved, you know, pretty high levels there and, and we need to sustain and, and that and continue to look at how we improve some things. More things are always coming down the pike in those buckets and so um, we have to always kind of back that into different processes and systems. But probably in a broader way that I sort of look at that is what is the engagement level that I have um, across the organization of the staff and the physicians towards this work because um, you know I can look at you know we're we're a fairly um, to, to use the word term the term lean um, lean managerially so there's very few levels between me for example and and um, you know all the staff and so how you how we utilize our people which is our biggest resource here and leverage that. Um, is critical to the success of, of lean. Uh, you know, we're, you know, healthcare is still a people dominant type of industry. Um, you know, there is electronic systems and all of that, and we leverage those and we need to use them, but, um, but how we use it and leverage our people. So when I look at engagement and thinking, you know, I've got 1,200, you know, employees here, if I have 1,200 employees, even 1,000 employees moving the right direction and in the same direction, that's a lot more powerful than having them scramble all around doing different kinds of things. So, it, it, you know, that for me is a measure of just, you know, the consistency and then looking at our strategies getting, you know, um, implemented the right way and, you know, how much work and how much time it takes for that. And then are they, are we actually hitting our targets, um, you know, as far as that goes, it really become sort of the measures of the organization. Um, and, you know, the first couple of years of our work was really around learning learning lean and learning mm -hmm. how to do it and practicing things. And so, you know, we really had an activity-based, you know, lean experience, if you will, in the first couple of years, but it served us well. And so we've now transitioned into moving from activity to results. So while we've had results, now we're really driving the results um, in a more powerful way because we've spent that time getting everybody up to speed on, you know, 
the, the, the principles, the processes, the tools, the understanding, the teamwork, you know, all, all of those kinds of things. Now, one group, and we, we chatted a little bit before we started the podcast about, um, you know, engaging physicians. I mean, this is a really common question. You know, people talk about, you know, in, engaging physicians, getting uh, physicians involved in the lean process. Can you kind of share some of your experiences and thoughts and working with them in, in particular? You know, we've had, you know, really good experience um, in terms of getting them engaged Um and, and they're they're critical to the engagement because when we're focusing on you know the patients and so forth, this is really you know doctors' flow and work. And of course, when we start using words like standards and things like this, that can make them a little uncomfortable. Although, you know, again, as we've gotten a couple of years into it, and they see the results of the work that they've been doing. I mean, it's just like there's a tipping point when, when they just automatically go to, we need a standard around this. We need everybody mm -hmm. doing this, you know, the same way. And it's helped us drive so much more. And, and um, you know, I think a lot of organizations, um, again, our physicians here are employed, and so we can take them offline and put them in a team for a couple of days or something like that to help with that work. Mm -hmm. And I, I hear, I think organizations have different, setups or different challenges. They may be employed, they may not be employed. And um, I, I just think that that's an investment of, of, you know, critical time, resource, and knowledge that you need and the buy-in because if you don't have that, the work that you do goes to naught anyway often because the physicians don't understand, you know, why you're actually making those changes. Um, and it's their work and uh, no different than any other staff. But um, I think we've tried to pick really important work, um, and by way of example, you know, meaningful use, which, you know, everybody needs to do, um, every hospital needs to put in place. Um, you know, we took some really difficult issues, things like problem lists and medication reconciliation and documentation and um, rolled that into our meaningful use work, which was all designed using, you know, our lean processes and tools and physicians on board um, driving all of that. And you know, you just start seeing the really good results and they all understand why they're having to do that. They start doing it the same way. Mm -hmm. It's not the clinical care they're providing. It's the, it's the, uh, it's, it's the work of all, you know, the documentation of everything, uh, which is just a, you know, burden for all the doctors anyway, and how we can make that better and easier. And again, when they see the results of all of that, it's like, let's do more of this because that makes it easier for us. Well, those, I mean, that sounds like a perfect example of, providing benefits to the physicians, you know, reducing right. burden and, and waste and problems they're having to deal with. Um, well, you know, like you said, of course they would want to do more of that if it's helpful to them. I think, unfortunately, a lot of organizations, um, you know, are trying to force or pressure people into things. And so that question isn't really so much about engagement <laughs> as it is. You know, I think people say, unfortunately, or they're really asking, how do we force people to do what we want? And I'm like, well, I don't think that's really what, that's not what lean <laughs> is about, right? Exactly. I think that that's exactly the point. You don't force anybody into doing it. It's by experience. And, and, and frankly, what we one of our early learnings was every time we had, you know, people on teams um, and they were new, um, it, it was just like it opened up an entirely different vista for them about what was possible and how to think about problem solving. And so what we, you know, what we could target then was how do I get some, you know, naysayers and, you know, like that on the team. And um, I mean, and really without exception. And, and for example, I have, you know, one physician who I was talking to, 
um, who was, uh, you know, kind of growly about the whole thing. And, <laughs> and he said, um, oh, yeah, and we're going to clean closets and we're going to move this over here and that over there, and that's going to make a big difference. And he was kind of being sarcastic. Right. And I said to him, you know, I, I would just ask you, for me, if you would just please be on one team, just, just try it, because I can't explain to you um, in a way that is going to make sense to you how powerful this is. And so if you would just agree to try it out. And he said, for you, I will do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was on a team. And uh, and I didn't actually know that he had gotten assigned to a team. He agreed, and, and he was on it. And the team kind of went forward and did all of their work. It had to do with the clinic. And I got a card from him, you know, a week or so after that that said, thank you so much for that opportunity. I had no idea. I have an entirely mm-hmm. different way of thinking right now. Um, I, I can't. I, I can't be more proud to be a part of Winona Health. I, you know, this was such an experience, and I, you know, which was an amazing experience for me to get a card like that. Number one, but number two, he started showing up every day at the focus board meetings, which are like huddle boards, um, with the staff, and started removing the barriers for them. You know, and That's it was great. just the, by virtue of being on a team and actually seeing how those discussions happen and, you know, happen. And, and he had whatever perspective he had before that, but he understood it entirely different. So it is the experience. You can't force people. We could say, you mm-hmm. must do this. Um, it doesn't get us the results that we want. It's by um, engaging them in a different way and having them actually have the experience of being there and saying, you know, do you understand the problems as we see it? And and I I really do believe that most people will gravitate towards that and say, this is a better way. Right, and I want to transition talking a little bit more about your role as a CEO in the in this process, this lean transformation, if you will. You talk about engaging people and leading, and you know you're you know encouraging that physician to get involved and, and give it a try. Um, you know, first question is, you know, as, as a CEO, there's so many pressures on your time and issues that you have to address. I mean, how, how does how do you prioritize things, or how does lean fit? into your day or your typical week as a CEO in terms of the amount of time you're spending on it, or does it just become incorporated in what you're doing? Um, it's how, it's how we work. You know, I, I, I think one of the really hard things for, um, lots of organizations is thinking that lean is somehow a separate or parallel way mm-hmm. to do things. And, um, and they keep them separated that way. And here, you know, quite frankly, my job, every everything I do has to drive lean. And so it isn't a separate thing that I do. I'm, I'm the champion of it. I'm the driver of it. I'm the one who says it's not going away. I'm the one who says, you know, where's your E3 on this? Um, you know, uh, all of those kinds of things. Um, you know, and it's it and i think until people until organizations really understand it's it's how we manage it's how we think it's a different culture um it's a different way of doing business um and i've had i've had some of my senior management for example uh, staff say i try I, I kept trying to do both and i couldn't keep up and so i I just had to give it up, and I had to just jump in and decide I'm going to try it this way, and it, it just made all of the difference. And you start seeing the, you know, the breakthrough, you know, approaches that they have, the coaching, the mentoring roles that they take on. They have to give up control, you know, around a lot of things. There's there's a lot of change that happens, you know, for you know management staff. I think in particular, um, 
and and then as you see, you know, the other staff sort of come up and really bloom into taking ownership and really being empowered to do things. When you really see that happen, um, you know, it's a pretty powerful thing. It is not for everybody. There are people who mm-hmm. cannot be or don't want to work in this environment and will not be successful. And we have had those kinds of changes here in, in management and, and with staff. But the decision that we have as an organization is this is how we're operating. So I changed the strategic planning process. We don't do budgeting anymore. We do forecasting, quarterly mm-hmm. forecasting. We take away those kinds of tools that, you know, are the old traditional things, implement the new ones, and so our systems and processes can then drive the the work the way we need it done. So it is all the time, 100% of what mm-hmm. I do and uh-huh. uh, how I do it. And, um, and I... I guess that's just probably, you know, for me, when I think about what does lean really mean, and if you really want to have the power of, of truly lean work, I think you have to do it, you know, full on. That, that's a really great point. And uh, I, I need to find uh, somebody or, you know, to do a whole separate podcast on this idea of um, getting rid of the budgeting process or, you know, this yeah. beyond budgeting approach that Theta Care and others use. I'm sure when you said that, half the people listening probably went, what? Yeah. <laughs> Get rid of budgeting. Yeah. I mean, that, maybe maybe we can, uh, if I can't find another volunteer to talk about that, that would be, we could spend 20 minutes um, on that topic um, alone. Um, maybe as a, as a final thought and final question, um, you know, Winona Health's been part of the Healthcare Value Network um, for a couple years now. So I was wondering if you could share some thoughts on, you know, what, what you're getting out of that process. I believe um, you hosted a site visit. So mm-hmm. you've, I think you, I know you've gone to other organizations. You've had yep. people come and visit you. Can you talk a little bit about the, the, the learning that takes place through that? Sure. So, you know, one of the hardest things actually is a new, you know, an organization starting new into this is finding like-minded people and organizations, people that really want to move the direction and who understand the vernacular around this, who understand the challenges around this, all of those kinds of things. And um, so what was really great about the Health Value um, Network was there they are. And, you know, by joining that and, and, you know, then linking into, you know, our cohort, the other ones that are out there, the tools, the messages, the examples, um, you know, that are out there and, you know, being able to go to other GEMBAs and and see firsthand how, um, you know, other organizations are approaching these things, but they're doing it using, you know, the lean thought processes and approaches and and so forth. it has been um, invaluable really for us because I I can go to both state and national um, meetings, you know, of other healthcare organizations. And we, there's more of a tendency to sort of wring our hands about everything that's happening, but we don't have the solutions and, you know, we try to do things. And, and I think even approaches that come out, you know, when I think about, you know, the governmental approaches, um, there's no lean thinking about that. It's just, you know, here, we're going to do this, but there's no design in that and no, you know, approach to it. So, it, it's that's just sort of the old and the new and trying to do it. So f- for me, um, you know, trying to break new ground and being um, being a different type of organization um, that would be viable and successful in, in sort of the new world of healthcare, I need to have um, – it, it helps feed you if you, you know, if you have like-minded organizations. So that's the biggest part of it. Of course, you know, you know, and we have our, you know, the directors here and, you know, their management staff that, you know, can connect up. Um, you know, we go into the, you know, the website. We pull tools out. We can call other organizations. Uh, we get calls sometimes for things that we've we've got or we've done. And we all have to adapt them to our respective organizations. Mm-hmm. So there's a big openness there. 
for just sharing. This isn't about, you know, competitiveness and, and things like that. It's about not having to reinvent the wheel and, and, you know, furthering our respective missions because, you know, we all do really important work in caring for our community. So um, having access to some of those things, um, you know, and not having to start from scratch is, uh, you know, enormous. It's, it's um, a huge benefit to us. And, and talk a little bit about the process of having others to come in and visit, because it's a lot of work to put together, you know, a visit, have, you know, it's, it interrupts people's days and, and, and week to have outsiders come in. But um, what, what, what is that like having um, others that are working on Lean come through and take a look at some of the things that you're doing? Yeah, you know, for, I think it's a, um, I think it's a really valuable process for you know the organization that's being visited. I mean, partly because in all of the prep work, um, I think you, you know you're taking some time actually because you're going to tell your story. You're really taking some time to, you know, kind of celebrate and and kind of you know revisit what have been some pretty significant successes. And then I think as they actually go out into the Gemba and are talking and you have staff presenting things, um, it's a real validation for them too that you know others are are coming and, and trying to learn what we're doing and asking questions and then our staff you know ask them a lot of questions. So there's a huge knowledge transfer type of thing that was going on. Um, so while it's work to put together, I think there's a real payoff um, both from you know this this you know your own staff and, and just how they feel about it and, and being able to tell their story and, and share things out there. Um, and then I think you know actually just seeing how things you know operate and and asking questions. It's one thing if you know you're looking at some documents or something. It's another thing when you actually see in real life you know real time full color. Here's how it's operating. Here's how it looks um, and stuff. It, it, it triggers lots of ideas for people. So um, uh, for us, it was as much a learning experience having people come here as it was for them to come and see what we did. Um, and it's and it's you know when you have a when you sort of lay out your plan again at the beginning of what you're going to do, it's not as much work. Um, I, I I didn't think it was as much work as maybe what many anticipate. Um, you know, of hosting a group. I think people are pretty respectful of, of you know, what it takes and, and, you know, going around a facility, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I would encourage anybody to do that. Well, great. Well, Rochelle, thanks so much for being part of the podcast and sharing some of your perspectives and experiences. Um, it was a real pleasure talking with you. Yeah, it was my pleasure too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.